Alistair Chapter 2 The One with Mary At 8-2 and the next morning, my buddy Chris texted me. Chris, how was the date with Carrie? I must know everything. No, Chris, you must know nothing. If I told you I lost my virginity the night before, you would not be able to keep the secret. And then it would get back to Carrie, and she would know she had taken my cherry. I don't know how she would take that, but it would inevitably change her perception of me. It might gross her out. It might make her all gooey and sweet and condescending. But whatever she thought, she wouldn't see me as the magnificent fuck beast she apparently thought I was currently. I would never do anything to make Carrie Kroenke stop thinking of me as a magnificent fuck beast. I should start playing poker. I could clearly bluff my way through anything. Me. It was incredible. Dinner was good. The movie was lame, but she liked it. Bonus. Lots of boobies. Check it out. I even got to show off the Mercedes a little bit on the way back to her house. Teldra. Best first date ever. Chris. Did you get any? Me, as if. This was Carrie Croank, dude. Bohahaha. We texted back and forth a little more, but mostly to set up what we were going to do later. But I did have to tell somebody something, right. The enormity of what had happened the night before was absolutely exploding from inside me. The urge to brag was intense. Actually, I didn't want to merely boast, I really wanted to beat my chest and scream at the world. But some light bragging would have to do for little old me. Fortunately, I had friends at school who had never spoken to anyone I knew back home, and never would. Banishing Chris's text chain from my phone, I brought up my dudes thread. Me, dudes, just had my first date ever last night. It took less than a minute for the first response to come back. Adam, no way. Me, way. Trez, who? Me, a girl I knew from back in middle school. Carrie, Trez, pics or it didn't happen. I calmly sent the best one of the selfies Carrie and I had taken at the end of our date. I knew for certain these guys would not be able to see the subtle signs of dishevelment in her hair. It took a minute for them to process that photo. I just sat there, grinning and waiting. My phone exploded. Tress, Photoshop, Ben. No way, Adam. I want to believe, Ben. What we all need to know is... How? Me. The opportunity presented itself, and I asked her out before I could tell myself I was dreaming. Still can't believe she said yes. The chat exploded with all sorts of shit. I should not have been surprised, but I was at how fast they got around the nitty-gritty. Ben, so, did you get to first base? I stared at that text. Did I just want these guys to think that I had simply managed to go on my first date, or was I going to give them the whole improbable Megilla? I found myself hesitating. Some of the Megilla, maybe. I had hesitated too long. Ben, wait. Second base. I still was unsure how to tell them, and especially unsure how to tell them. I thought slowly. Bridget. Oh my god! Did you get laid, Al? I threw my phone involuntarily across the room. Fuck, 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 fuck. Bridget was in this text chain. Bridget was my oldest female friend. We had both run cross, country, and been on the track team together all four years of school, though as a freshman, she had already been competitive on the girls' varsity. 
just this last winter. My buddies and I had conned Bridget into joining our date group. We had been trying to get her to play for a while, partly because we wanted a fifth, and partly because we wanted a fifth, and partly because we wanted to say there was a girl in our group, thus claiming on that basis that we were not total losers. And now, she knew, panicking, I chased down my phone and started a new chat with just the guys. Me, fuck, I forgot Bridget was in this chat tray. Busted, Adam. Got get about her. Did you really get to second base? I took a deep breath. My need to tell had started all this. Now that I had told some, I knew I needed to tell it all, in broad outlines at least. I searched quickly and sent a gif of Adam Duval crushing that four-run homer in the World Series. The video shook and the text overlay proclaimed grande quadrangular. Trez, you did not get laid. Ben, you did not get laid by that. Me, when we get back to school, I'll decide what you losers deserve to know. I grinned. Just then, I got a solo text from Bridget. Bridget, it all went silent. Did you fucking cut me out of the conversation? I sighed. Me, sorry Bridget. Bastard. She didn't send anything else for a bit, and I wasn't sure if I was relieved or worried. The phone dinged. Bridget. So you did get laid. I still was not going to answer that question. Not to Bridget. Bridget. Musical note emoji Al got laid. Al got laid. Al got laid. Musical note emoji emoji gritting my teeth. I sent her a gif of a guy beating his head on the desk. Me. Drop it my phone dinged. It was another text from Bridget but not in our direct conversation. In horror, I opened that message. Bridget, hey guys, guess what, Bridget. Al lost his virginity, Bridget, had not sent the message in the deed dudes thread either. It was in our thread, with Carla and Beth. The three girls were my buddies from track, my first female friends, my only female friends. None of them had ever gone out with me, of course. I would have never thought to ask, we were the example that gave the lie to the old saw, that gave the lie to the old saw that guys and girls could not be just friends. Carla. Dude. That is awesome, Beth. About time, loser. But when I got back to school, things were going to be awkward. They were girls, after all. And it did make things different. They could be way more merciless than dudes. Carla. Alistair is a loser no more, Beth. Bridget. Alistair? Carla, de shrug emojis, I always thought Al was a kid's name. Henceforth, Al is Alistair among us, who knew getting laid by a goddess could have a fucking downside. I spent Monday, now that the locals were on break too, over at my friend Tony's house with Chris, playing on the Svive Tony had gotten for Christmas. A drawback to going to boarding school is that you don't have time for video games. The two of them crushed me at everything since they knew all of Tony's games by now. Every time I whined about them knowing all the combinations or track layouts when I didn't, they would throw the fact that I had had a date, and with whom, back in my face. After a while, I started whining gratuitously, just to get them to bring it up. Tuesday, I was hanging out at home with no plans for the day. Breakfast had been a two-hour marathon of questions from my mother, about how the winter had gone, overlaid by a logistics discussion, surrounding getting me out to latter start us in the fall. I finally escaped to my room for some much-needed decompression time. I was scanning Instagram when my phone rang. 
It was a local number I did not have stored in my phone. Carrie's kid brother? Hello? I said, answering the call. Al, it's Mary. Mary. Mary Davis, said the sweet, slightly amused voice on the phone. I know who you are, Mary, I said defensively. Why are you? Mary said, considerately filling in that gap in my knowledge. She said you two had a nice time at the movies. I considered her tone of voice carefully. There seemed no innuendo in it, so hopefully Carrie had been as circumspect as I was being, locally at least. Yeah, terrible movies can be fun, I replied. Especially bad movies with too many naked boobies, Mary's voice teased good-naturedly. No such thing as two. I cut myself off, suddenly remembering who I was talking to. I could feel my cheeks blazing. How had those few, amazing, hours with Carrie broken down my internal filters so much? I was going to have to rebuild those stat, or girls were going to think I was nuts. Anyway, I went on, my voice croaking slightly. For just a moment, what's up? Nothing much. Maddie and I had plans to drive down to the beach today, and she just got a better offer, the wench. I still want to go, though, but still want to go, though, but nobody is up for the long drive. Our town is about 45 minutes from the nearest good beach. It is kind of a journey to get there, Carrie called, Mary chattered on, to tell me about all the new powder they got out there in Vale last night. I grumped about her not being here to go with me to the beach, and she suggested I call you. Did I want to spend the day going to the beach with Mary? Oh hell, yeah. I mean, I had sort of known her most of my life. She, her twin sister Maddie, and I had all ridden the same crowded bus for most of elementary and middle school. But shy little wallflower, Al had barely ever talked to them, or any girls of course. But they had always been nice to me if we did come in contact, and Mary had grown up to be a stacked little bombshell. Since they had always looked virtually indistinguishable, I was sure Maddie was just as hot now too. I was still confused though. Hot girls, I barely knew, seldom did much, but look right through me. They sure as hell didn't ask me to drive to the beach with them, but newly confident me. Relatively confident me, relatively confident me, was not going to shy away from the opportunity. Sure, sounds great. I've missed the beach hard, and it was still pretty cold up at school. Great, she said, sounding pretty enthusiastic for a girl who was down to lonely geeks she barely knew as beach. Gang companions. I'll text you my address. Can you be here about eleven? Sure, I just have to throw on a swimsuit, I replied. So you want me to drive? No, Mary said quickly. I offered after all. But your house is ten minutes in the wrong direction, and I still have to get ready to go myself. If meet me over here, it should give us an extra half hour at the beach. I should be changed and stuffed by the time you get here, though. Mind parking your car on my street while. We are at the beach. Sounds good, I said, feeling much more enthusiastic than I tried to let on. Great, I gotta get ready. See you about eleven, Mary chirped and hung up. I lunged for my dresser and dug through for my best, baggy board shorts. They were supposed to be baggy board shorts, that is. I grew during my four years away at school. I went away at fourteen all of five feet, three inches tall. I was now six, one, maybe two, and thankfully appeared to have at least slowed down my growth. I had currently been the same height for two months in a row, 
and that was the first time that had happened in four years. But I did not go to the beach or pool that often, and my trunks were two years old. What had been a baggy, knee-length sack was noticeably more form, fitting, and only came down to mid-thigh. Looking at myself in the mirror, I grimaced. I momentarily thought of calling and saying I had to stop at the mall to buy a new suit, but that might mess up the whole day, and while this day was not going to turn out as some magical sex adventure, my date with Carrie had definitely taught me to seize the day when it came to girls. I wasn't sure that I actually had the confidence to be a day seizer a lot going forward, but I had the confidence that day. And besides, the suit wasn't that tight, just smaller than I was used to. I pulled in at the address Mary had texted me, and ambled up to the door, an oversized white shirt above my trunks, and a bag with beach towel, sunglasses, and sunscreen over my shoulder. Mary opened the door with a smile. I'll... Good to see you, she said. Curiously, she was wearing jeans for our ride to the beach. Not that I was complaining. The skin-tight fit of them showed off the eye, popping curves of her hips and thighs to excellent effect. Suddenly, a thought occurred to me. I swept my eyes upward, managing with some effort to pass swiftly past the generously swelling front of her tight tee to the side of her throat. No birthmark, just smooth, soft skin. Hello, Maddie. I said dryly. Gotcha. Mary's sister laughed. The two were still practically indistinguishable, except for Mary's birthmark, and they had always loved playing with people's heads, like this. Damn, Al! You've grown like a son of a bitch! Maddie went on, looking way up at me. I shrugged and told her. Wow! Maddie said, shaking her head. Mary! She called out loudly over her shoulder. Satalls! A lot is here if you want to finish up your royal preparations. Coming, growled Mary, entering the room. Sir Tolls, she started to say. Wow, you did get tall. You saw him last week, Mary, snarked Maddie. He was sitting down, snapped Mary back. The two had always snipped at each other. When they were sweet to each other, people said you had to be careful because they were plotting something. It's kind of weird looking up at your face, she said to me. Suddenly, I was looking down at these two pretty, smiling faces, atop just absolutely killer, well-endowed bodies. It was apparent to me, in spades, that the hotness of attractive twins was multiplicative, not additive. Together, these two tens weren't a twenty, but a hundred. I stared a little too long. Getting a good look there, Maddie asked dryly. Shit. I quickly tried to cover for my ogling. Sorry, it is just so weird seeing you two not dressed exactly the same. They both laughed, graciously choosing to accept my cover story. Well, I'd look pretty weird wearing my bathing suit to the mall, snorted Maddie. Just then, a horn honked outside. Speaking of which, she said, that's Shaniqua. See you later, you tall drink of water, she said to me, and she dashed out, waving goodbye to Mary on the way out the door. I looked back at Mary. She was wearing a flowy beach, cover-up made of multiple draping layers of colorful, filmy fabric over what looked like a black one-piece swimsuit. The diaphanous outlines may have hidden exact details, but it still made it deliciously clear that this was one very well-put-together girl. 
They were two very well put together girls. I almost stared too long again. Almost. For the record, I said sternly. I recognized it was Maddie almost immediately. Duh, replied Mary. The jeans gave it away. No, I admitted sheepishly. It was the... I realized that I was actually reaching out toward the mark in her neck, had I been about to touch it. Jesus. I jerked my hand back and covered for it by touching my own neck instead. The mark. You did just remind me last week. Her eyes just twinkled and excitedly lead me to their garage. Maddie and I got a new Honda for Christmas, she said excitedly. Today's my turn to have it. Let's go. The car was indeed still cherry, looking on the outside, and the inside was sweet too. But potato chip crumbs and fossilized McDonald's fries were already making a home on the floorboards. I eased in and put the passenger seat back to accommodate my legs. I deduced that Carrie must have loved riding with her, because Mary Shaw had a lead foot. Somehow, unmolested by state troopers, we were at the beach on less than 40 minutes. On the way, as we peeled around one particular curve way too fast, I told Mary my thought about Carrie and speed. Oh, Carrie said, you can drive pretty fast yourself, Mary grinned, not slowing. I have a higher performance car. I started to reply snottily, then paused. Wait, what else did she tell you? Oh, you mean there was more to your date? Mary cooed silkily. Hey, um, I stammered. Relax, dude, I'm just screwing with you. She did say you almost killed some cute deer, though. The deer tried to kill us, I growled. My faith in Carrie's discretion being at least close to mine was restored. We climbed out of the car near the old Coast Guard station that now houses some dot-com business or something and made our way down to the sand. It was a gorgeous day with no clouds and it was hotter than was seasonable. Fortunately, it was a Tuesday, so the beach was not completely crowded and we only had to walk about half a mile to reach an area that wasn't totally packed. We spread out our towels and I went to put on some sunscreen. Mary stretched and slipped off her cover-up. Jesus. Yes, she had on a plain black one-piece swimsuit. But if you think that automatically meant boring, the back was almost completely bare, save for two one-inch strips curving up from her hips, along her flanks, and over her shoulder blades to a narrow band high around her neck. Lower down, the tight, smooth fabric barely covered more than half her tasty, round ass, her outer curves deliciously bare to the eye, and the back was the modest side. In front, it was cut really high over her rounded hips and swept down in arching curves to narrow dramatically before plunging between those firm, round thighs. Above her waist, the front was held closed by just two small silver clasps, one of which closed that high neckband just below her throat. The other clip was, at the base of her sternum, that left two open ovals stretching wide, one above the other. The lower oval exposed a stretch of soft, flat abdomen with a cute inny belly button framed perfectly in the lower third of the opening. The upper oval displayed an absolutely spectacular valley of cleavage formed by her voluptuous mounds. I was treated to the full sweep of her inner curves, from top all the way down 
through to the edge of some enticing underboob. As a bonus, she also spilled out more than slightly on the outside of the suit as well. Cleavage, underboob, and sideboob. This suit was every guy's dream, except transparent. Mary stretched and turned around slowly, looking about us on the beach. It was almost like she was making sure I could see every inch of her in that suit. I shook my head and tried not to stare too much. I looked around the beach myself as I rubbed sunscreen onto my ears. We had reached an uncrowded portion of the beach, but there were still other people in sight in all directions. Lots of girls in swimsuits too, but they mostly just registered as blobs in my consciousness that day. All my visual processing power was devoted to Mary. I was just done with protecting my face when she finally sat down on her towel next to mine. I slipped on my sunglasses. The pair I chose that day were super dark, and I knew from experience that girls could not see where my eyes were pointed when I wore them. I might have always been shy, but I have also always liked to look. I had figured that I would probably be looking a lot that day. I started to cover my arms and shoulders with protectant, and Mary did the same, starting with her arms. When she got to her shoulders, she rubbed it in well, then damned if she didn't pop that top clasp. The reduction in tension on the fabric of her suit resulted in the expansion of her cleavage into a truly eye-popping display. Thank God for the glasses. Mary took her time, slathering generous amounts of screen on her front, her breasts deforming malleably as she rubbed into them. She even ran lotion, covered fingertips, up under the edges of the fabric. Then, she clipped the top clip back in place, squishing her breasts back into place. Honestly, the suit showed, marginally, less flesh this way, but I thought it was way sexier. Then Mary unclipped the center clip. Now, there was a single, long opening in the front of her suit, from below her navel, up to where her clavicles met. Her hands slid lotion across her softly rounded belly, and then her fingers dipped unnecessarily deep under the fabric at the bottom. As she clipped the middle clasp closed again, I realized that I unconsciously had rubbed about four layers of sunscreen over my stomach while concentrating on not being obvious about watching her. Of course, she had to be putting on a show for me, right? I know what it takes to screen up, and this was pretty over the top. But why? And was she, really? It had been a remarkably efficient application process after all. As she moved on to her legs, her movements became less crazily hot, simply briskly covering the fronts of her legs with a thick layer, then working it in. I still watched as I did my own legs, but I was thankful she seemed more businesslike. I was disinclined to see how well my knot, as baggy as it, was supposed to be swimsuit hid the nascent erection inside. I was just relaxing about that situation when Mary rolled over onto her belly and held out the bottle of her sunscreen to me. Can you do my back, Al? She asked matter-of-factly. Thank God for the dark glasses. They may have kept my eyeballs from literally falling out of my head. They certainly kept her from seeing my eyes as they bugged out. Me! I almost squeaked. Either you or that mom over there. Mary lazily pointed at the less than attractive mother with her two kids who were fussing over lunch about 50 feet away. This is a new suit and I really would rather not get burned.
Ah, sure, I said, taking the bottle. She settled down and I squirted white lotion on my hands. I know how to apply suntan lotion, guys. I really do, but not to someone else, much less someone else, much less someone as hot as Mary. With a deep breath, I told myself I could do this without embarrassing myself. I reacted to that inner assertion skeptically. Somehow, I drew on reserves I did not know I possessed in order to keep my hands from shaking. Damn, her back was nice. Mary was not lean or bony. Far from it, but the softness of her skin covered a body that was firm and warm under my touch. I held things together while doing her back, but I did not linger. I didn't want her to think I was lingering, and I didn't trust myself not to break down an outright shiver as I kept going. Even so, I almost lost it, rubbing a final dollop at her direction, into the back of her neck. I could feel her relaxing at my touch, and that about made me die. How's that? I asked. My legs will burn too, Mary said in a relaxed voice, her head resting softly on her hands. I stared down her body, over her sweet, sweet, only half-covered ass, and down to her curvy legs, and gulped quietly. Duh, I said. As if I did this every day, I shifted down to her feet, which at first seemed the safest area to touch her. I did not remember if she had done any part of them at all, so I covered them all, tops and bottoms. Careful, Al, Mary admonished, still relaxed and casual. That weird male element of me that I had first encountered with Carrie wanted me to immediately tickle Mary unmercifully. I kept it in the box and was as careful as I could. As I moved up the backs of her calves, I realized that the problem with starting at her feet was that I was now staring between her legs as I moved upward, giving me a spectacular view of right up into the gap between her thighs and how little of that rippled gap was covered by the fabric of her. Swimsuit. I was getting distressingly hard by the time I reached her knees. My hands did shake a little, no matter how hard I tried to stop them, as I started on the backs and outsides of her thighs. Mary just relaxed further as my hands rubbed her, and she let her legs spread a little, in obvious invitation to do the insides of her knees and above. I was dying now, other than, you know, asking me to rub lotion onto her bare legs. Mary was sending no signals of arousal, or even teasing. Not that I could see, but damn. My fingers slid higher, and I started studiously avoiding the insides of her thighs. My bigger problem was that I realized I was getting close to her ass, and half of that was in need of protection too. As I moved closer, Mary just lay there. In fact, she started talking about school and college. Of all things, she wanted to study meteorology while she was at Auburn. Did not see that one coming. Fuck it. Seize the day, right. I squirted some more lotion and just kept sweeping my hands upward from thigh to buttocks, working the lotion into the exposed expanse of her arse and hips. She didn't even flinch. I was feeling up Mary's magnificent ass, and it was like nothing was going on. And then I was done. Except for the tops of her inner thighs. Did I dare? Seize. They. Day. I let the male instinct take a shot. I slid my hands down off of her butt, and a short way down her thighs. Then, 
I let me fingers dip down between her legs and start working back up. Ahem, Mary said, rolling away from me. I think I can reach there myself, she said with a sceptical grin at me. Oh, yeah, I said. Probably a good idea. Swiftly, but very distractingly, Mary rubbed lotion in between her thighs and against her crotch. She really must have spent a lot of time shaving that morning. She set aside her lotion and held out her hand to me. Your sunscreen, moron, she said, as if I had not just had my hands all over her. I need to do your back too, I stared at her. Dudes burn too. I read that in science class or something. Especially pale dudes who spent their winter in the frozen tundra. Ouch. Ah, uh, thanks, I said, rolling tensely onto my belly. At least this had the virtue of hiding what had become quite the raging erection that I was now fully aware was not well hidden by my shorts. I actually jumped slightly as her fingers first touched my shoulders. Relax, you big baby, Mary said acerbically. She then proceeded to swiftly and purposefully cover my back in a good layer of sunscreen. I found myself realizing how grateful I should be for her sparing me the weird, patchy sunburn I would certainly have suffered if I'd tried to do this myself. She wasn't stroking or caressing me, just applying the lotion. But I still found my muscles relaxing. Even the big, problem muscle calmed a bit, despite the fact that I was being touched by the second girl to do so in my life. I breathed a sigh of relief as she moved to my legs. This would be less intimate. Unfortunately, turns out the leg bone is connected to the embarrassing bone, and I got hard as hell again, even though she was just as businesslike as she had been with my back, and never went above mid-thigh. The undersized board shorts were still at least that long. When she was done, she sat up and started talking more about college. I kept lying firmly on my chest, willing the stubborn boner to, uh, beat it. Are you going to talk to me? Mary asked, or are you going to lie there and take a nap? Sorry, I said, keeping on my stomach. That actually felt relaxing. Almost as good as a massage. Flattery might deflect any speculation about why I didn't want to turn over right then. Sure, Mary snorted, like you've ever had a massage. I have, I said, looking at her and glad for a change of subject. Last winter, I wrenched my back, lifting weights, and... Oh, that's right, Mary laughed. Al Taylor is a jock now. Look at you, lifting weights. I am not a jock, I laughed. But we all have to do some sport or something every damned season. In the winter, well, I can't skate, so hockey is out. I'm too tall to wrestle at my weight. And believe me, nobody wants me on their basketball team, not even their intramural one. So I have lifted in the winters the last two years, hence the wrenched back and the doctor prescribing a massage for it. Wait, Mary said tauntingly, your school doctor prescribed a massage. It must be nice to be rich. I go to a school with rich kids, I emphasized. Doesn't mean we are rich. My dad about shit when the bill came, Mary laughed. The conversation moved on. After Mary tried taunting me about the Auburn versus Osk football programs, I told her that when she finds the giant hall that Auburn had to build to house all its Heisman trophies, she could send me a picture of it. Usk's room full of Heismans is mandatory part of all admissions tours. More importantly, I finally got the situation under control 
and could sit up. It turned out to be a very nice day at the beach. We ate lunch at the hotel, a ways down from our home base, played paddleball in the surf, badly in my case, and we even built a sandcastle. We talked more about school, and that was it. No more touching, alas, and definitely no real flirting, beyond the sexual tension inherent in a girl that looked like Mary simply talking to a hormonal, inexperienced, 18-year-old guy like me. It was still early in the year, though, and the wind started getting chilly at about 3.30. We covered up, packed up, and headed for Mary's car, where we added beach sand to the chips and fries on the floor. Driving back, about halfway the conversation died off into companionable silence. It still made me quickly nervous that things were getting awkward. I also realized that I had had a super great time, and that I wanted more time with her. Out of character for me, I decided to try to make that happen. It wasn't even spontaneous this time. I thought before I opened my mouth, Ah, uh, thanks for calling me, Mary. I had a great time, I said quickly, before I could chicken out. Listen, are you busy? Like, Thursday or Friday night? Thursday or Friday, Mary asked, cocking an eyebrow at me. I, ooh, just wanted to say thanks. Maybe I could buy you dinner. I was thinking someplace beachy like the new red lobster they just built. I trailed off, my nerve expended. Someplace beachy like the red lobster, Mary laughed. I did too, chagrined. It had been worth a shot. Friday sounds great. Thanks, Mary said almost absently as she negotiated our exit from the freeway. Without meaning to, I actually said, you, out loud. Really? I went on, too quickly. Great, don't sound surprised, moron, Mary said, smiling a little. I just asked you to spend the day with me at the beach. Seems like I might be open to a date. Sorry, I chuckled, and she chuckled back. The next day, I realized that I should not wear the same Robert Graham shirt for this date as the one I had worn out with Carrie. Mary might have seen our selfies. No, she certainly had seen those pictures. Much to my mother's amusement, I drove to the Whiskett shopping plaza where the Robert Graham store was. I was still getting the hang of dressing well, and at least I knew that brand. After last Sunday, it was now practically my fashion spirit animal. Voluntarily shopping for himself, my mom muttered to herself, happily as I walked out. I was just walking into the store when my phone rang. It was Chris. Dude, come over. Spring break is burning away, and we need to get the clubhouse in shape. The clubhouse was a prefab shed in Chris's backyard, which provided his only refuge in a house with three much younger sisters. One, unlike you, I won't be able to use your clubhouse for months, I replied quellingly. Get Tony or some other patsy to help you clean out the mouse shit. And two, I can't. I am out shopping for crying out loud. I need a new shirt. A new shirt, quoted Chris incredulously. Wait not another one of those things that looks like a crayon factory threw up on it, he paused. No, I heard him breathe. Do you have another date with Carrie? No, I do not have another date with Carrie, I snapped. She and her family are in Vale for the rest of vacation. I won't see her again until the summer, if ever. Sorry, dude, he said apologetically. Then he seemed to sense the surprisingly low level of despair in my last words. Wait a second, you said no date with Carrie. Are you going out with someone else? Who? 
there was no use in hiding it from him. He'd find out the broad outlines regardless. Chris was a geek, but he kept his ears open. Mary, I said shortly. I heard the phone literally clunk to the floor on the other end of the line. Let me get this straight. You go out for your first ever date. It is with Carrie God. Damned Croenke. Then four days later, you are going out with her best fucking friend. I just hung up the phone. Boring conversation anyway. I had barely gotten in through the door of the mall when he sent me a gif of Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. Bowing and captioned, we're not worthy, asshole. But I was kind of getting arrogant enough to say into the thin air, damn straight you ain't. The shirt I ended up buying was a pretty dope cloud pattern of sky blue and white. The only place the Crayola factory had thrown up on it were the insides of the collar and cuffs. I pulled up at Mary's house and popped out to the front door. She came to the door in moments. Hello, Mary, I said, emphasizing her name. She smiled at my opening sally and lifted her head, turning her chin to make sure I got a good look at the birthmark I'd already looked for. Damn, she had a nice long neck for her height. My eyes still briefly slid lower, however even in the tight, short-sleeved shirt with high neckline she was wearing. There was ample viewing to remind me of how those tits had looked in, partially in, her swimsuit, Tuesday. Behind her, the house was quiet. Your parents out for dinner already? I asked. Out for the weekend? She chuckled. Mom is at some lawyer's continuing. Education boondoggle in Gulfport. Dad went with her. Maddie and I have been instructed not to burn the place down before they get back. Good luck with that, I smiled. She laughed. I led her to the car, did the gentlemanly hold the door thing, and we were off to that temple of the banal, Red Lobster. It was a really nice date. The place was busy, but not crowded. The food was from Red Lobster, but the company was very cool, to be honest, and not in a sexual overtone way. There was none of that, is she teasing me or not? Business from our beach day. Mary just enjoyed herself, and we had a good time talking. Turns out, if I had just a little confidence and talked like I did to my male friends or my track girls, I could occasionally make a pretty girl laugh, even blush once or twice. At least one, if not both, of us had already seen every movie in the theatres that weekend. Instead, we just took a brief walk around the little commercial district surrounding the restaurant and stopped for ice cream. The whole time we were out was sweet, and almost, um, kind of chaste. Okay, Mary did really use a lot more visible tongue while eating her ice cream cone than was strictly necessary, but that was it for the flirting. Really, my dick barely stirred, barely. The problem was, there wasn't much to do, and I felt like I wanted to make sure I didn't bore Mary. With a shrug, I at last said diffidently, I guess we should head back, Mary shrugged. Yeah, probably. We continued to chat happily as we drove back toward her house, but I could not help but feel a little like I was letting her down and letting myself down. I mean, I was absolutely not expecting this date to end with me bending Mary over the hood of my car in some farmer's field. But a guy could dream of at least a little something, right? A week before... I had been a virgin who had never been on a single date. Yay, I had gotten soiled rapidly. I pulled up at Mary's house once more and walked her to the door. 
She opened it and paused. This was fun, she chirped. Yeah, I had a great time too, I said. Then I screwed up every ounce of my newfound courage and leaned in to plant a light kiss right on her lips. She kissed me back a little, but then broke it off. It had been a wonderful night, honestly. Mary shoved the door open a bit further and said blandly, But aren't you coming in? With that, she turned inside and I dumbly walked after her, letting the door slip closed behind us. Mary waved at the couch. Have a seat, she said casually. She started toward the kitchen. Want a beer? It seems imprudent to drink your dad's beer, I observed doubtfully. Relax, Mary giggled. He poured out his last two before he left, just to make sure we wouldn't drink them. But Maddie and I have been poaching one or two every few days since we found out that they'd be heading out of town. There are now seven unauthorized bottles. He doesn't know we have, chilling in the fridge. Then please, I said. Imprudent, Mary laughed to herself at my reflexive use of sat vocabulary as she danced off to the kitchen. What is it my Uncle Tommy says about a pretty girl? I hate to see her leave, but I love to watch her go. Yeah, that summed up watching Mary's ass in that short skirt as she retreated to the kitchen. She was back in a minute or two with two open bottles of Miller High Life. She handed me one as she plopped down next to me on the couch. Right, next. Two, me on the couch. We clinked bottles, and I winced at the flavor. You don't drink much at school. Mary asked inquisitively. Me? Not a lot, I said. I had had a secretive drink at school, maybe five times in four years, but I was getting good at hiding the truth while not lying. And my friends and I don't drink beer. You can hide a lot more rum and coke's worth of rum in a single aluminum water bottle than you can beer in easy-to-identify cans, sound idea, said Mary, and I could see her mind filing it away. We took another pull of beer, Mary faster than me. So she asked me briskly, when are you going to finally kiss me? Oh, I said brilliantly. Oh, I said brilliantly. I already have, at the door, for real, Mary said heavily, leaning toward me. Thank God there was a table I could reach to instantly put the beer on, because a split second after I did, we were kissing, hard. This was not the gentle little busk we had shared at the door. Nor was it the gentle exploration Carrie and I had shared, at least at first. This was a hot, horny girl trying to inhale my tongue, and it was me eagerly attempting to let her. I was still taken aback this time, but was way more ready to try to do my part than when I had first made out with Carrie. I almost immediately put my arms around Mary's waist, and she let me pull her even closer to me. Her arms just as quickly wrapped around my shoulders. I probed her mouth with my tongue in turn. Her mouth tasted of beer, but then, so did mine. I was sure. I certainly was not going to stop to complain. I felt Mary press her chest against mine, and, oh man, did that feel nice. The substantial flesh of her boobs against my body made my nostrils flare. I took a shot. I drew a shot. I drew one hand from her waist and slid it up the side of her torso. When my wrist was pressing against the curve of her breast, squished against my body, I pulled back slightly and slid my hand in between us and over her boob. Seriously, her tit absolutely overwhelmed my grasp, and I have big hands these days. They weren't cartoonishly big boobs, but if Mary or Maddie went to my school, 
they would be the overwhelming size champions, I was sure. And those mounds were firm and supple. And whatever bra she had on under her shirt was not very substantial. Mary leaned back a little more to let my hand really explore her mounds, and I leaned back a bit as well, sloping my other hand up to address her other side. My breathing was shallow, and I got a little fixated. I suddenly started at a thought. Where is Maddie tonight? I asked, concerned. Mary just shrugged. Not sure right now. Up to no good, probably. Don't worry about her. I didn't even notice when she slowly let her arms slide free from around my neck. I didn't notice until I was suddenly acutely aware of a hand firmly grabbing my bulge through my khakis. Mary ran her grasp up and down my length. I heard her murmur, Shit, this might really be that big. That sunk in. Hey, I almost shouted. What? How? What? Did Carrie actually tell you? I demanded. Please understand, I did not shy away from her grip, and my hands never slowed in their exploratory massage of her tits. But I was a little taken aback, Carrie told. Did she tell everything? Mary just laughed. When she gave me your number, she told me you were sweet and considerate, and would probably be fun at the beach. I stared at her, suddenly becoming extremely optimistic, and she told me that I should get to know you, Mary added. My God! Had I been matter of factly handed off to Mary by Carrie, like some piece of meat. Because if that was true, it was fucking awesome. God, her tits felt so good. I leaned back in to kiss her again, hungrily, but quickly. Whatever you want, just ask, I said huskily, then realized how arrogant that sounded. Mary pecked my lips in turn and laughed at me. Thank you. You can ask too, you know. Oh man, I gasped. I almost had to tear a hand off one of her tits so I could caress her bare leg just below the hem of her skirt, letting my thumb drift down to caress the inside of her thigh. You first on the request line, I growled, trying to be playful. The truth was, I was still crazy scared to actually initiate anything, lest I find that I had misheard or something. I was a mess, in retrospect. Half my brain was this raving sexual egomaniac, hoping, hell, demanding, all sorts of sexual conquest, believing I could do anything, and the other half was cringing back, screaming, who the fuck do you think you are, all? Mary just slid her hand on top of mine, where it caressed her leg, clasped it, and pushed it up under her skirt, almost to her crotch. I could feel the warmth. I, ah, I hear that you are really good at, um, Mary actually licked her lips. Would you? She asked. I realized what she was asking for, of course, and I realized that she was almost as insecure as part of me was about all this. Like she was worried that she asking too much or something. In answer, I just slid off of the couch and knelt down between her knees. I looked up at her and grasped the top of both thighs in my hands. I cocked my eyebrows for one final permission. Mary just nodded her head almost desperately. Oh wow, you're going to already, she murmured, as if in amazement. Hell yes, I chuckled. This is amazing, she just gasped in surprise, then chuckled. I pushed up the hem of her skirt until I could see her crotch. Mary might have been uncertain about my willingness to eat her, 
but she was uncertain about not much else. If she had ever worn any panties, that night she had ditched them when she went to get the beers. I saw now why she had been comfortable wearing so narrow crotched of a swimsuit. She was completely bare down there. I could see and appreciate every crease and fold. I could not wait to bury my face in between her legs. She sighed and relaxed as I leaned in and inhaled. She smelt totally different than I had previously experienced. In my vast data set of one other girl, she smelt duskier. I massaged her legs as I leaned forward more and dragged my tongue up the slick, smooth expanse of her slit. Her relaxation disappeared immediately, and her body tensed and quivered at my lick. I repeated myself. This really was amazing. Impatient. Now that I sort of knew what I was doing, I pressed my tongue deeper into her almost immediately. She tasted salty, but still fresh and delicious. As I ploughed my way upward, my tongue encountered her clit. Just like cocks apparently did, it seemed clits came in different sizes too. Mary's was impressively hard and impossible to miss when my tongue bumped over it. It was also impossible to miss Mary's reaction to my contact with it. Her hips rocked back and forth with each slightest touch from my tongue, and she groaned, at one point actually calling out loudly, Damn, this is really good. It was practically an announcement. This is what is called an ego boost, kids. I found to my total shock that I did not want to get called off, like had happened with Carrie, before Mary came, even if it had been to fuck her. This time, I wanted to see what it was like to lick a girl to a writhing, orgasmic mess. So I licked Mary to a squirming, orgasmic mess, and I took my time doing it. But at last, after a lot of delicious flavour for me and a lot of huffing and moaning from her, she rewarded me and herself with a shrieking, thrashing, gasping climax that left her collapsed on the couch. In the aftermath, I kissed my way softly down her thigh, away from the scene of my assault, enjoying the glow emanating from her. She collected herself and sat up quite beautifully. Fuck me all. That was amazing. Please, I just replied with an eager grin. What? Mary asked, still trying to think straight. Then she realised what she had said, and how I had replied. Oh, God, yes. But, she grabbed the empty beer bottle, we need another beer first, and I need to stick my brains back in my head. She stood up, took a step, then stepped back to lean down and kiss me again, gently this time but hungrily. She released my lips with a pop and smiled at me. Be right back. She smoothed her skirt into place and quite deliberately swayed off into the kitchen. She really did need to get her head together, because it was more than a minute or two before she returned, looking much refreshed. She handed me my beer, then promptly ignored hers, instead flowing into my lap, draping her arms around me and kissing me. It was like she was exploring my lips all over again, and I frankly appreciated the reset. My hand once more found its way to one of her spectacularly firm mounds, and she gasped a little at my touch. My seriously straining cock rubbed through my pants against her thigh, and she murmured as she caressed it with her leg. Then she paused and smiled down at me, suddenly still in my lap. She bopped my nose with a fingertip and grinned. Ready, she asked. To fuck? Hell yes! But that was not what she had in mind. 
Instead, she slipped from my lap and to the floor, kneeling to one side of my legs before me and leaning down to explore my bulge with her hands. She bent further and kissed the lump in my pants. I grunted in surprised pleasure, then moaned as she breathed heavily on it through the fabric, the warmth of her breath suffusing the fabric over and around my cock. Just as quickly, she tugged at my fly, unzipping me and tugging my khakis down slightly. Her fingers delicately brushed up my bulge over my underwear, and then almost yanked the waistband out and down. My by now desperate cock bounced up and free. Fuck, she really wasn't lying, she muttered. Who wasn't lying, Carrie? What all had she actually said? Looking up at me, she waggled her eyebrows, then bent to kiss my head, then run the tip of her tongue around my glands. Oh, wow, was all I could muster in the way of words. She lavished her tongue all over the top of my cock, then ran it down my length a time or two. I quivered with pleasure. She sensed my happiness and smiled up at me for a flash. Then she popped up to get a higher angle and sank her lips slowly over me. Their supple, demanding embrace encircled me, and I felt her sucking lightly as she slid her mouth down and down. She was relentless in taking more and more of me until I suddenly felt her choke. She popped up suddenly, gasping. I lurched forward, distressed. Are you okay? I asked in concern. Yeah, she nodded. It's just, damn, you are long. I am never going to be able to get it all. You don't need to, I protested. Believe me, you are doing an amazing job, I chuckled but with a begging tone in my voice, entreating her to continue. Sometimes the fun is in the trying, she giggled and bent once again. As her mouth clasped me once again, she shifted and climbed halfway back up onto the couch, giving her a higher angle, which she used to once more try to take more and more of my length. She would reach a point where she gagged back off, then after some simple loving of my cock, she would try again. To be clear, I was actually a little alarmed every time she tried to. Oom. Um, deep throat me. Nine inches seemed like a lot for a person to stick in their mouth and throat, especially a petite, if voluptuous, person like her. But oh man, was I enjoying the whole effort. Even better, with her sucking me from the side, I found that my hand could easily reach out and grasp her delicious, generous tits dangling under her. The thin fabric of her top and the flimsy bra underneath did little to come between my fingers and her boob, but she seemed to feel even that was too much, and, briefly popping up free of my dick, she tugged her shirt swiftly off over her head and draped it over the back of the couch before resuming her oral assault. Her bra was pink and delicate, and I didn't see how such a flimsy edifice had been doing much to support her enormous boobs. My hand went immediately back to clasping her. Her nipple was hard as a rock and easy to feel through the light bra. But now it was easy for my to slide my fingers under that flimsy fabric and take the warmth of her flesh directly in my grasp. As my fingers caressed her skin and I squeezed the soft mound, she started humming around my cock. I felt a surge of orgasmic premonition, and I knew I needed a distraction fast. There was no way I wanted this blowjob to end anytime soon. I twisted and slid both hands along the back strap of her bra, fumbling for the catch. 
I couldn't find it. She lifted her head and muttered, without taking me fully out of her mouth, with gook anigar thrun, deciphering that added to the distraction of trying getting rid of her bra, which was good. But it was still a moment or two before I realized that she had said that the bra hooked in front. It was a bit of tangle, getting both my hands and arms underneath her, because she refused to stop sucking me as I struggled. Such dedication. Still, I briefly fondled both breasts as my hands got underneath, then fumbled where the cups of the bra met. Now what? This was my first encounter with a bra of any kind, and the puzzle did more to let me tamp down any chance of coming too soon. My fingers traced the small plastic catch, trying to sense how it worked. She at least stopped bobbing while I fumbled, contenting herself with holding my head just inside her lips and running her tongue around it in counter, clockwise circles. My fingers were quivering as I manipulated the clasp, and suddenly it clicked. I let go, and the cups fell free to dangle beside her, suddenly even more pendulous boobs. My fingers leapt to clasp them in all their glory. Then I gasped suddenly, and she swiftly pressed down on me, taking almost two-thirds of me into her. I could feel my helmet actually pressed in on all sides by her throat. She didn't choke this time, but she also didn't seem brave enough to take any more. She slowly, carefully, raised and lowered her head atop me, letting my tip slip out, then back in to the back of her throat. Three passes was all she managed. Then she gave up on the depth game for good. Amazing and impressive as the sensation had been, I was just as happy she stopped playing as she now concentrated fully on the wonderfully things to be done with lips and tongue. I could see and hear her sucking hard on me now. I gave up the uncomfortably contorted posture that let me hold her tits with both hands and flopped back against the back of the couch, my far hand flopping on the cushion. My near hand did not let go of the fantastic breast it had captured. Duh! but I soon found myself just idly tugging on a nipple, gasping with pleasure over what was being done to my member. All the extra time I had bought fumbling with her bra was used up, and the orgasm was once more demanding to get on with it. She had a lot of me in her mouth again, and I gasped a warning. I'm gonna. It's time. B. She just began to jack me furiously with her hand and lifted her mouth free of my cock, leaving her lips wide open, right above it. My hand jerked and clutched at her boob, and my hips rocked hard. I moaned loudly, possibly adding some incoherent words of thanks, as I felt a spasm of jizz spurting out and upward. I could easily see down there as the first jet leapt straight into her open, waiting mouth, but even though my vision got fuzzy after that first spurt, I was aware even at the time that my wild spray was painting more than her tongue. With a gasp, I slumped onto the cushions, spent. She just bent and suckled on my dick for a moment or two, collecting the dregs of what had felt to me like a titanic explosion. When she straightened, I yelped. My cum was dripping from her chin, her nose, her cheeks, and even her eyebrows. I was actually a little horrified by how much there was, but she was more smug than dismayed. With a wicked little smile, she leaned up to me and gave me a quick kiss. 
there was no mistaking the taste of something different in her mouth, and the kiss even smeared some of my own cum on my face. I'll admit, part of me wanted to be grossed out, but most of me just wanted to laugh. It might take me a minute or two to get this off, she grinned, and grabbing her top and bra slid off out of the room. Don't move, I'm not done with you, was the parting shot. I collapsed on the couch, drinking a bit more of my beer, which was slowly getting warm. This did nothing for its appeal. After a moment, I realized I still had a little of my own cum smeared on my cheek and upper lip, and nothing to clean it off with. I could have run to the bathroom, but I decided to do as I was told and stay right there. That male thing inside me decided that she could lick it off herself when she got back. I grinned. She must have gotten some in her hair, because she was gone a while, long enough for my dick to almost completely go soft. I worried about that briefly, but I worried about that briefly, but I reassured myself in the knowledge that it was simply waiting, not exhausted. At last, Mary reappeared from the kitchen area. She was all cleaned up and looked beautiful. Part of the reason she looked so beautiful was what she had decided to just dispense with the clothes altogether. She walked toward me, utterly naked. Her legs swayed enticingly, the skin on those luscious thighs smooth as silk. Her shaven pussy winked at me atop them. Her soft belly curved up to those fucking amazing breasts that bounced like semaphores as she slunk back toward me. Her nipples were light, almost the color of her boobs overall, and it took me a moment in the low light to make out that the orals were large, like two inches or more across. Those nipples were so fucking hard. Her teeth bit her lower lip as she turned and stood before me, short, dark hair framing her pretty face. Then she laughed. You have come on your face. You should know, I chuckled. You put it there. I leered a little. Want to lick it off? She laughed a surprisingly throaty laugh for a girl who usually giggled. Yes, in a minute. With that, she bent and tugged my pants completely free and tossed them aside, leaving me wearing nothing but my shirt. You cock really shrinks after it blows, doesn't it? Mary mused, straddling me with her knees on the edge of the couch. She reached out and stroked its now only four-inch length. It jumped lightly in response. I want to feel it grow inside of me, she purred. My eyes widened, and she slid forward, right over my member. She slid one hand between her legs and spread her slit with her fingers. Her other hand grasped my dick, which was very, very slowly firming up again. She flopped it into position, and with some effort slid its currently small, still largely flaccid, shaft inside her. That certainly got my dick's attention, and I felt myself growing. It took its time, though. I had just spurted titanically on her face just a few minutes before, I thought. Emma, Mary murmured. I can feel you getting harder, growing deeper inside me. She slowly started unbuttoning my new shirt. Between the feeling of my root growing deeper into her soil and the slow, deliberate way Mary unbuttoned my Robert Graham, I was in a sort of mesmerized heaven. Man, you are getting really deep inside me, Mary gasped, pulling my shirt open. I leaned forward, and she slid it off my shoulders. I struggled with the last sleeve, but quickly broke my wrist free, tossed the shirt away with my pants, 
now as naked as the beautiful girl riding my lap. For me, the sensation was not so much about how deep I was growing into her, but how tight the space was becoming as my penis swelled while it lengthened. I lifted my hands to her breasts, and she gasped a little as I teased her nipples. Mary leaned forward, stuck out her tongue, and with sudden enthusiasm, devoured the traces of cum that had been smeared on my face. That pushed me to full hardness. I grabbed her head, fingers tangling in her hair, and kissed her as hard as I could. She responded with equal ferocity. And she began to rise and fall on my cock. Up and down she went, releasing many inches of me, then entrapping them once again. She broke off our kiss and arched her back with a moan. That thrust her boobs right at me, and I clutched at them, bending forward to bury my face between. I pressed their warm, firm flesh against my face and just fucking loved life. Mary shifted the angle of her hips again, and seemed very satisfied with the results, as she began humping up and down on me with suddenly redoubled vigor. My face lost its place in her boobs, and I leaned back to watch, letting my hands slide down to grasp her hips and help them move. Her boobs were flopping wildly now as she rode me. The sight was mesmerizing. I could hear them as they moved, slapping down on her chest with each time she rose up above me. For once, I did not have to worry about holding out, partly because I was getting better at it, partly because I had come so recently, I thought. But I mostly didn't worry about it because, in an incredibly short time, Mary was overrun by a shattering orgasm atop my cock. Her insides spasmed wildly around me. Her hips jerked, and she was taken by a fit of uncontrolled laughter, interspersed with gasps for air. It went on for a gloriously long time in what seemed like waves, before this laughing, spasming, panting goddess finally collapsed forward against me, breasts mashing into my chest. She lay there for almost a minute, unmoving except for her gasps for breath. Then she sat up, still impaled on me. She wiggled her hips, working me gently. You haven't come yet, she said, seemingly pleased. Not yet, I grinned, reaching for her. But she just bit her lip, as if deciding, then slid off my lap. I looked up at her, at a loss. We need another beer, she declared. Now, yep, she chirped, and danced off, sweaty and naked to that damned kitchen. Oh, well, I guess that meant I'd last longer when she got back. The girl needed to learn how to open bottles faster. My dick was throbbing by the time she finally got back. It occurred to me that she had probably been making me wait intentionally. She handed me my beer and snuggled down next to me on the couch. Last too, she giggled as she took a sip. Last... I asked idly. I thought you said there were seven. Her brows furrowed almost worriedly. I guess Maddie must have drink one, the cunt. Okay, here's the thing. I hate that word. Hey, don't call Maddie that, I protested involuntarily. What? She giggled. Seriously, Mary, I said. I know you guys have fun, but that's a mean word, and she doesn't deserve it. She actually looked at me with a sweet little expression. Thanks, I waved off the subject then laughed. I'll tell you why I freak out about it. There is this guy at my school, as far as my friends and I can tell. He was engineered in a vat at the headquarters of Summer's Eve. She laughed hard at that. The world's biggest douch, for so many reasons. 
but one of them is that he seems intent of working cunt into every conversation, like it isn't sat word he was trying to assimilate, I explained. Got it, she said. Maddie is not a cunt, noted. Then she kissed me lightly with a sweet smile. We each took another pull off our beers and set them down, resuming the kiss with more gusto. Her hand stole into my lap, caressing my aching cock. She smiled at me. Can I? She trailed off. Her hand stroked my harder, and she actually stuck her tongue into her cheek firmly enough for me to see it bulge out. Can I help you finish off? Oh, please, I gasped. She started to lean down, but I stopped her, hands pushing back on her shoulders. Apparently, I lived in a world now where I could actually ask girls for things. But can I tell you what I really want? She just nodded at me in anticipation. What I really want is to roll you over and onto the back of this couch. Crawl up, grab your gorgeous backside, and do you hard from behind until I come. And you do again. Her eyes just flashed at me in answer. Do you have any condoms? I asked hesitantly, hoping that she would know how to put one on. The pill is a magic thing, was all she said in reply. Without saying another word, I used my grip on her shoulders to flip her back and over to where she was kneeling the couch, with her hands on the back of it. I rose to my feet and caressed her ass. Man, it was nice. What was nicer was the pink entrance just below it, glistening with welcome. I pointed my cock at it and rested the head on her lips. We both crooned a gasp of pleasure as I let myself sink slowly into her welcoming, but once again tight confines. Oh my fucking god, you are big, she gasped, about the time I fully embedded myself in her. I had just been in her a few minutes before, but the new angle must have put me deeper or something. Whatever. The comment was extremely good for my ego, which abetted my efforts as I began to thrust. The height of the couch and the length of her thighs as she knelt put her pussy at the exact perfect height for me to stand and push into her, with my hands bracing on her curvy ass and my legs fully straight. I was able to experiment with how long I could make each thrust. I pulled out to just where my head was all that was left inside her, then stroked inward to bury myself once more. Over and over I thrust, drawing gasps with each time I buried myself. I increased the rate of speed. I had to. I had no choice. But I could not keep up the length of stroke, because I kept popping free when I pulled back. I shortened the length of my drives, and I stopped slipping out. After a burst of my fastest slams yet, each of which sent her dangling boobs flailing, I slowed to catch my breath. I leaned forward over her. I nuzzled down into the crook of her neck and reached under her, fingers seeking to clasp her pendulous. Her neck. Where was the birthmark? Where was the fucking birthmark? Maddie, I whispered, incredulously. I felt her freeze beneath me, then quiver with a burst of giggles. Busted. Maddie shouted at the top of her lungs. A moment later, a still-naked Mary poked her head out of the kitchen. She looked at me. The birthmark? Mary asked. I nodded at her incredulously, then looked back down at the still-giggling Maddie. It turns out it feels great to have a girl giggle with your dick buried inside her. Suddenly, she pressed back against me, and I was fucking her again before I realized that I had resumed. My conscious mind was reeling 
but I was clearly too close to coming for my body to stop what it was doing. The sight of a second, identically gorgeous girl, fully naked, moving to sit down and goddamned watch us was adding to things. I mentioned that twins' hotness was multiplicative, not additive. Turns out when they are naked and you are fucking one, their hotness is exponential. I just told my conscious mind to go piss off and concentrated on slamming into Maddie at whatever angle seemed to make her shout loudest. She started doing that, a lot. With a desperate, deep cry, I felt myself empty my balls into her, feeling cum wash around my still, desperately thrusting dick. She and I fell forward against the couch when she collapsed, gasping with passion and orgasmic release. I lay atop her, my whole body vibrating. What the fuck had just happened? Maddie tucked down her chin and looked back over her shoulder at me, flushed and panting. She had a big grin on her face. Confused, I stepped back, cock sloppily dropping from inside her. I looked around, mentally disorganized, and saw my underwear. I stepped over and grabbed them wordlessly. Not yet, said Mary, said quietly. What just happened? I sort of muttered. I obediently let my underwear drop nervelessly from my hands, and I moved to a chair equally distant from both naked Mary and naked and still showing signs of having just been fucked Maddie. I collapsed into it. I snorted a short laugh. Whatever they had done, it occurred to me, I sure had not been hurt by any of it. The sopping wet condition of my contentedly shrinking cock gave ample testimony of that. I snorted again and looked back and forth between them. I shrugged in happy confusion. Who? When? What? They both laughed their high, tinkling laughs. You can't figure it out, Maddie said, rolling over finally onto her back and stretching languorously. It was no doubt apparent to you two tricksters who was doing what to me, I said acerbically. But I was kind of too busy enjoying myself in blissful ignorance to keep track. Immensely blissful enjoyment. Thank you, I added with a smug smile. Well, said Mary, counting on her fingers. You ended by screwing Maddie after you banged me so effectively. Before that, Maddie blew you. And we started with you eating me like a champion. I still think I got rooked out of my turn on that, grumbled Maddie. Without thinking, I replied. I'm happy. Take care of that as soon as you like. Maddie was halfway off the couch before Mary barked. Hang on for a sec. We all need a rest. And if we are going around again, I'm going to have a turn seeing if I can take that whole monster in my mouth. Maddie settled back down. I briefly wondered how hard it was going to be for the two of them to clean all the cum and juices off those cushions before their parents came home. Even after we started doing everything else, you still are willing to go back and eat me. I rolled my eyes. Then I looked at Mary and back at Maddie. The sight of your sister above me, going wild on my tongue, was fucking amazing. Damned right I want to see that exact same sight, only different. The two of them looked at each other. We are not telling a soul about him, Mary said definitively. I shrugged and went for it. You know, I could just lie back here on the floor and you could both get your wish simultaneously. They both laughed. Oh no, Maddie spoke. We are kinky enough to trade, but we aren't kinky enough to do a guy together. Watching isn't bad, murmured Mary, who had just watched my finish inside Maddie. Really? I guess I should try that. 
replied Maddie speculatively, seeming to imagine my cock buried in Mary's face. So you guys like do this often, fooling guys? I felt compelled to ask. Like this? Never, giggled Maddie. But we have gone out with each other's guys without telling them before. Most of them, before. Most of them still don't know they have banged both of us, or whatever. I do seem to remember you guys getting busted at lunchtime once. For trying to swap places at school, back in, what, seventh grade, I recalled. Shows what they knew, Mary laughed evilly. We had already swapped places for three days before Mr. Cotton finally, cottoned on. But switching boys is way more fun. But never like this, I asked. Curious, I asked. Curious. I was also getting little aroused again, speculating. Yeah. Before, it was always one of us playing with the other one's guy for an evening or afternoon, explained Maddie. We've never tried to swap back and forth during a date like this. I am not complaining, I said emphatically. But then why do it with me? Because you are going back to your school in a couple of days, Maddie went on. We didn't have time to either both date you or date you twice with a switch. And it was working very well until I fucked up, grumped Maddie. All I needed to have done was lean the other way when Al went to kiss my neck. Klotz, it was better than cunt. Oh, I don't know, I drawled, leaning back and for the first time in my life, expecting a woman, two women to appreciate looking at my body. I think things are turning out pretty well, I say bravo guys. We all laughed. And they both did, in fact, stare at my body, or at least my wants, again hardening cock. I'd take it. Still, Mary grumped. It sucks that we won't see you until summer. Who knows who we will all be hooked up with by then. Ah, maybe one of us will still be single, replied Maddie. Or maybe single again. And all hasn't settled on anyone yet, her voice trailed off, full of promise. And what if you are both single? I said with the new boldness. I said with the new boldness. I still felt as if was coming from an alien entity inside me. Ha! Then things will get interesting, snarked Mary. I saw him first, remember. What if Carrie is single this summer too? Maddie cooed back, much too sweetly. I was very careful not to react to that visibly, but if they had still been looking at me and not each other, my cock's little anticipatory jump would have given me away. That could be a problem, Mary replied. She turned to me. Because then, Al, for all your impressive height, you are going to be up to your balls in pussy 